Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking with Akin Baljolu and Steve Wiener, the founding editors of Hammam, a new magazine that celebrates the art and culture of bathing. I totally love it when a magazine comes along and opens up a whole world that I didn't even know existed, and that's what Akin and Steve are doing with Hammam inviting readers inside the world's bathhouses and saunas and hot springs and other places of bathing obsession and showing what is going on inside there. I think you can hear from this interview that they are having lots of fun in their new role as bathing guides. But as we were talking, it didn't take long for a broader and more serious agenda to also emerge. It's hinted at in Hammam's strapline, which is the magazine of letting go. And I was really interested to hear how this magazine also taps into their spiritual beliefs, as well as a wider pursuit of freedom and openness and equality. I really enjoyed reading their launch issue when it arrived with us, and I'm very pleased to say we have copies available to buy in the Stack shop. So if you like the sound of this one, please do go and check it out at stackmagazines.com forward slash shop. But first, I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation with Akin and Steve from Hammam. Hey, Akin, Steve, how are you doing? Doing great. Great. So you are the people behind, I think, one of the most interesting new launches that I have seen this year. Maybe, first of all, you could start by telling us why make this magazine about the art and culture of bathing? Well, thanks very much, Steve. We appreciate the kind words. We both consider ourselves more or less obsessed with bathing. (laughs) It's truly a global practice. It's one that's practiced in different ways by different cultures. And the bathing community really is something special. If you know, you know. (laughs) Well, so this is the thing. Before this magazine, I didn't know. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, now you do. And um, we hope to inspire many others to become part of this amazing community as well. And one of our core beliefs is that art brings people together. So the question we asked ourselves was, what's the best medium for bathers? And it turns out that most public bathing spots don't permit electronic devices for obvious reasons. Right. So we happen to think that this is quite wonderful, but from time to time, you may still want to read something. So we thought, what better way to celebrate the art and culture of bathing than with the print magazine? Excellent. Except, of course, we've got to be careful about the pages getting soggy because that, that's not going to work. Well, maybe the second issue will have a waterproof. Yeah, waterproof. <laughs> that. Oh, okay. So that this isn't just a joke. So okay, all right. So maybe maybe waterproof for the future. So so tell me a little bit about yourselves. How did you two first get into this, and and how did you come together? Sure. Uh, well, I spent the last several years working with technology startups. And before all that, I was a nuclear submarine officer in the U.S. Navy. No so pretty no. far from the publishing world. <laughs> um, I started making Russian steam bathing my ritual about five years ago. It was like my own personal practice of letting go. Mm-hmm. No cell phones, uh, no email, no interruptions, really just a silent retreat for myself. 
and I was a regular at a traditional Russian banya in San Francisco, and that's where I met Aiken. And I'm an artist, and I did my master's in fine arts and visual critical studies at California College of the Arts, and I grew up in Turkey, where hammam culture is really common. But I didn't start getting into communal bathing until I moved to New York. And the winters killed me and I, did, I needed a way to warm up. And a friend suggested that I check out the 10th Street Russian and Turkish baths. And um, I soon became a regular. And I met the most interesting people in my life in the sauna, in the banya. Writers, healers, orthodox rabbis, fellow artists. Um, I find my first jobs in the, um, in the Banya and found my house through the Banya and mm -hmm. all these people became my tribe. And when I moved to San Francisco, I went to Archimedes Banya and that's where I met Steve. And I also started working as a Plaza master um, there to spread the healing ways of the steam. And so then, so, so you, the two of you met there uh, with you doing that, but so then how does that lead into we should make a magazine together? <laughs> um, well, we were thinking about a project to sort of illuminate the weird and interesting people in these bathhouses and hot springs that we would come across. And as we, as we, we started thinking about what the best medium would be. I brought up the uh, iconic wet magazine to Aiken. And this became a huge inspiration for us. It was a little bit of a different approach than we've been taking. Wet magazine was an avant-garde publication started in the late seventies by a man named Leonard Corin, who was a an architect, sort of um, artist, an artist, right. yeah, and a writer, and he wanted to make this kind of ridiculous publication about gourmet bathing, <laughs> and he ran this magazine um, independently for about five years, and it's always been known amongst designers and um, and and hardcore magazine people as this unique time capsule of of art and culture focused tangentially on uh, on gourmet bathing and so we reached out to Leonard when we first got started with this project to sort of in a way get his blessing but also his advice on how to on how to do something like this and he was he's been very supportive and basically said it's really hard to make a magazine work <laughs> um so it wasn't necessarily about the topic we we knew that we had a very good feel for this audience and i mean these are basically our people and we we just needed to basically figure out how to make a magazine mm -hmm. that that was the tough part so so you were inspired by wet but so I'm, I'm struck by the fact that what you've made is actually really very different to that so the i guess the one of the main things that um that jumps out at me about this magazine is steve something that you've already said uh, you talked about you got into 
the the bathing culture as your way of letting go. And the strapline for this magazine is the magazine of letting go. That that seems very important. Yeah, we consider bathing to be one of the many practices of letting go. And the goal for the magazine is to really explore those many practices. Obviously, we are bathing obsessed and we're going to continue to focus on um, on that core theme of ours as we branch out and explore other areas of letting go. You want to maybe talk about some of those? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we both practice Tibetan Buddhism and we thought that um, it would be nice to include a section on Dharma as well, which, because we consider Dharma as a practice of letting go as well. So in each issue, um, we dedicate a section for um, artists that are dealing with Dharma. And that's why we have an article on sky burial, um, which is a practice that is um, done in Mongolia mostly. And Ted Fetik, who is a documentary maker, friend, um, he, we did an interview with him about this practice of letting go, which is basically offering the body of a dead person to the vultures in front of the family. Mm. And um, what is a better way to let go of that than seeing your family being eaten by birds? And, so. and, and I mean, uh, that, that piece is, is really, is quite an extraordinary piece. And the, the, they talk about the different, uh, the ways in which the birds respond differently according to the different type of person who has has died and so they'll present some uh of the the bodies face up and ready to go and that's because the spirit is ready to be taken straight away and then other ones are face down because the spirit's not ready to go yet that there's a huge amount of 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 ritual and and a huge amount of detail around this this ceremony yeah and we don't want to give it all away but um that's exactly right there the, the the spirit and the way that you live um sort of we believe that that kind of dictates um who you are in in the afterlife or in your next life and and so our goal is to um is to really open people's minds to different practices of spirituality, meditation, um, and there and are rituals, as well. and rituals that, um, that are practiced uh, all over the world. And uh, uh, spoiler alert for uh, issue two, which should come out um, later this year in time for the holidays, we explore the, the way of Chado tea ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a uh, uh, occurs in Japan and is a very um, old tradition and is really a, a, one of the more focused arts we've ever kind of come across. And we, um, we were fortunate enough to interview a, a Chado master, someone who has dedicated her life to the practice of tea making and having and tea ceremonies. And um, boy, you can get you get really down the rabbit hole on lots of different practices of uh, uh, that force you to let go of everything else, and I think that's the that's the big takeaway. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was also interested, so as, as well as the angle of spirituality, um, in your introduction, you also uh, state that um, in these pages, we create space for the greatest liberation, the freedom of expression. And I was really interested to know a little more about that. I think particularly given the context of, I mean, so you guys are in the US at the moment, Akin, you're from Turkey. Clearly, that's a very different situation with freedom of expression. Is there, is this a motivating factor for you? Absolutely. Um, it is very unfortunate how the Turkish government is dealing with the freedom of expression. And um, we have the most journalists in prison in the world, um, in Turkey. Um, and that's something that we really want to change in any way we can. Yeah, so it's always been kind of a first principle for us um, that we don't judge. There's no self-censorship when it comes to uh, being in um, in a bathhouse. Um, I mean, these are this is a kind of place where um, people are are free of of any kind of labels. It's a it's a pretty equalizing place when nobody's wearing any clothes. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that working at Archimedes Spania that I found the most inspiring thing because no one is wearing any clothing. And when you are in a hot room sweating with other people and you are not wearing anything, basically that creates a different kind of bond and mm -hmm. you are so um, open. Mm -hmm. more open so that was something that we really wanted to express in our magazine as well this freedom and openness mm -hmm. i mean the i feel like basically every week with every magazine maker that i speak to we get round to the point where i say and this all feels like it's from a different time now because i mean the idea of being in a room with a bunch of other people nobody wearing any clothes, everyone sweating. I mean, that, that sounds like about the most COVID unsafe thing that is, is possible to do. This, is, is, has that world all kind of gone on pause for a little while? It's changed our plans a bit, but at the end of the day, we wanted to make a magazine, a print magazine, um, that people could enjoy no matter where they are. And... Uh, we were actually in Turkey visiting Ekin's family uh, and our design and print teams who are located in Istanbul uh, when the lockdowns began this past March. Mm. Our flight back to the U.S. was postponed. It was eventually canceled. So we spent two months isolating and working on Hamam in the Turkish countryside on the coast of the Aegean Sea. Wow. It was actually quite pleasant. No complaints from our side. <laughs> uh, and we were able to get a lot of focused work done on the first issue. We eventually caught an evacuation flight back to the States in late April and quick, pretty quickly decided to put our things in storage and go out on the road to be closer to nature and, of course, find places to safely soak along the way. But in a COVID world, logistics and shipping have not been easy. It's it slowed everything down. We thought about creating a digital magazine in the interim as we were waiting to launch issue one, 
but it turns out our readers by and large prefer to wait for the print magazine to ship rather than order a digital copy. So we kind of abandoned that idea and are committed to the print publication. And so, I mean, it's obviously out in the world now for people to buy. We were talking a little bit before we started this about the difficulties of shipping and how expensive it is to get magazines around the place. Where can people actually find it at the moment? What's the best place to buy it? Um, Hamam is on sale at Stockists all around the world. And you can also buy Hamam on our website, hamammag.com. And mm-hmm. of course, at Stack Magazines. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and so what about kind of... Um, what about these bathhouses themselves? Or maybe not necessarily a bathhouse, but like the, the kind of the Ryokan uh, inns in Japan. You've got a, a beautiful photo story in this issue uh, about the like the um, the inns that have the, the pools and stuff. It feels like that should be a natural place for you to be selling the magazine. Have, have you been able to investigate that avenue? When we started this project, we had big plans to distribute at hammams and bathhouses, Japanese onsens, spas all over the world. It's kind of our unique channel to a very captive audience of bathers. And as we've kind of been alluding to, many of these places remain closed due to COVID. However, a few have reopened with social distancing, but that's kind of tough in a sauna, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, so. A couple of these places that have reopened um, are starting to request Hamam to stock it there. Um, and you can see the full list of stockists at hamammag.com. And we'll continue to add new retail partners as places open back up. Unfortunately, some of the magazine stores that we know and love um, here in the U.S. have have unfortunately closed permanently, too. So, um we're hopeful that some of the transition to online sales uh, will continue to make the industry thrive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's clearly, it's an extraordinary time for you to have, I mean, well, first of all, you, you made it, as you say, you you know, you were in forced uh, lockdown in Turkey at the, the beginning of this whole process. Then you've launched a magazine while the world has been in various different stages of lockdown. How has this all compared to, what you maybe thought would be happening when you first thought of launching this magazine. Yeah, it's been one giant learning experience for me, that's for sure. Before this, I had driven submarines all over the world, operated nuclear reactors, and launched technology startups in Silicon Valley, but I really knew nothing about publishing a magazine. I would say we've kind of figured it out along the way, and we've had great advisors and great partners The biggest learnings for me have been around international shipping, customs, logistics. How about you? Um, I've been always on the other side of the equation as an artist, um, which which was much more of an individual practice. And for me, one of the toughest things was to get used to working on a team. Um, It has been challenging to communicate art directions to someone else and especially difficult to working with other creatives and artists. And it's not easy to make everyone happy all the time, but through all that, we became very close and almost like a family. Ah. (laughs) This is nice. This is one of the things that you often hear from independent magazine makers. Am I I right in thinking that you two are a a couple? Are, Are you together? 
we are yes so so that i mean this is one of the things that you see quite a lot in independent magazines so you have you know like husband wife or boyfriend girlfriend make it together but then the whole group of people around them sort of are also this sort of like extended family kind of thing that how how much contact have you had with the people who are over in istanbul so the, the designers the printers and, and that side pretty regularly we uh we meet with them um, at least once a week and um, through the magic of collaboration tools are are able to communicate art directions uh, fairly frequently luckily we have fantastic partners in in turkey and uh and a, and a and a really professional printing house so we're able to trust and um and communicate uh often with them and also a fantastic copy editor oh yeah <laughs> that really helps yeah <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a team around you by the sounds of things well listen the, i i love this launch issue uh, and I'm very excited to hear that you're expecting issue two, what, for like end of this year? That's the plan. Hopefully before the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, really good luck with bringing that together. It strikes me there's not a huge amount of time <laughs> to, to make that happen. Uh, so good luck with that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Aiken and Steve for taking the time to speak with me and very good luck making that second issue. If you follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you may have seen that we published a piece on the Stack site recently about the independent magazines currently coming out of Istanbul, despite the Turkish government's suppression of the press. Uh, and Hamam is included on there alongside some other great magazines. So uh, if you haven't already seen that one, do go and check it out on the Stack blog. Uh, and while you're there, you'll see that we have a range of those magazines from Istanbul available to buy in the stack shop so if you like what you see there you can go ahead and have them delivered to you uh, wherever you are in the world we release a new episode of this podcast every friday so if you've enjoyed this one please do follow us uh, and we'll be able to keep on sending them to you but uh, that's all for now so thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week <laughs>